The Productive Woman, Episode 336. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about choosing and using a planner. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 336. This episode is brought to you by our longtime sponsor, Text Expander. If you spend any time working with words online, you can boost your productivity with the power of Text Expander. Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so you can focus on what matters most. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say because you can just create a snippet that says exactly what you want to say in any given situation. And then just with a few keystrokes, you can say exactly the right thing, spelled correctly, formatted the way you want to, without having to remember or spend time thinking about it. It's better than copy and paste. It's better than scripts and templates. Text expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type or cut and paste while still customizing and personalizing your messages. I use Text Expander many, many times a day. I've talked about this more than once, even before Text Expander became a sponsor of the Productive Woman podcast. I have snippets for everything from phone numbers and email addresses and my uh, state bar numbers for the two states where I'm licensed to practice law, all the way up to fully formatted several paragraphs long texts for things that I do frequently responses to people who want to be a guest on the show, for instance, or the kind of the process for when you want to sign up for a mastermind. I have those as snippets, but then I can customize them. I can get all the text in there exactly the way I want it with just a couple of keystrokes, but then I can go through and quickly customize it to the specific situation or person that I am responding to. Those are just a few of the things that I use text expander snippets for that save me hours of time every month. And if you work with others in your company, business, or organization, Text Expander for Teams lets you be productive across the, the scope of your company or organization. You can keep your team consistent, accurate, and current in the text that they're using. You can share your text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track. Everyone will share the same message and give the same answers to all customer or client questions, for example. You can all work faster and smarter. You can use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type and create those powerful snippets to save you time so that, as I've said, all you type is a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest of the typing for you. That allows you personally or with your whole team to communicate efficiently and with consistent language. So, What's great about Text Expander now is it can be used on any platform, any app, 
anywhere you type in a computer or smart device. Take back your time this year and increase your productivity with Text Expander. You can visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and to get 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. And be sure and let them know that the Productive Woman podcast sent you. All right, let's get into our topic this week. I have had a couple of conversations recently about planners and how to use them effectively. And I thought I'd dig into that subject just a little bit. We've talked about it in the past. I will try to remember to put links to previous episodes where we've gone into planners and planning uh, more in more detail. In this episode, I'm not going to review or recommend specific planners, but I will share with you, first of all, um, just some thoughts on how to choose a planner that that's, might be right for you, how to use it effectively, and I'll share with you what I'm using right now and how it's working for me. So what is a planner? Uh, you know, it, I'm not talking about a person who does planning for you, but a, a device or a book or something that helps you plan from Wikipedia. It defines uh, a planner as a personal organizer, date book, date log, day book, day planner, personal analog assistant, personal planner, year planner, or agenda. And it comes from the Latin word agenda, which means things to do. A, all of these things, according to Wikipedia, is a small book or binder that's designed to be portable, usually contains a diary uh, or a journal, a calendar, an address book, blank paper, and perhaps other sections. It's a personal tool and may also include pages with useful information, such as maps or telephone codes. That's one definition of what a planner is. It's a book that has pages in it that you can use to plan and manage your life. There are also digital planning tools available. I'm not talking about those this week, uh, but if you're interested, let me know and I can do an episode about using, choosing and using digital planning tools uh, later on this year. So the question, when you figured out what a planner is and, and you probably already know anyway, but do you need a planner? Do you need to go out and buy a planner or create a planner? It, and I think it really depends on your life. If your life is fairly simple and you feel like you're staying on top of things, maybe you don't need a formal planner. Maybe you can manage with just a calendar, whether a paper or digital calendar for appointments and important dates, and then a notepad or just a simple notebook for to-do lists and brainstorming. Those are the kind of things that I think people typically do with planners. Um, they manage a calendar. You know, most planners have a calendar section, uh, maybe a month at a glance or a, a pa pages for your yearly uh, appointments and important dates, and maybe a week at a glance or, or a daily, depending on what, how uh, complicated your life is. Uh, so, but it's uh, sections for keeping track of your appointments, those important dates, and then sections for keeping track of the things you need to do, your projects, your tasks, uh, maybe a section for brainstorming ideas on things that you want to do or figure out how to do. 
if your life is fairly straightforward, your focus is in one or two areas of life, maybe you, you're a, a work from home mom, a, a mom who stays home with her kids and your life is kind of focused around the home and you don't have a ton of outside activities other than appointments and maybe a volunteer work of some kind, maybe you can manage it just with a calendar and a notebook. You might need a planner though, if you have a lot of things to keep track of multiple roles or life elements or several multi-step projects that you need to plan and keep track of either for work or for your personal life, especially if you feel like you're missing things, uh, you're missing appointments, you're forgetting things, things are slipping through the cracks or you're not keeping up with the, the things you need and want to do, maybe a planner could help with that. But I am always a fan of starting as simply as possible and, you know, kind of accelerating in complexity as needed if it's not suiting your purposes. If what you're doing isn't working for you, then maybe it's time to look for something else. There are so many options for planners. And like I said, I'm not going to go through them all and review them and evaluate them. If that's something that you think would be helpful, we can talk about that. Uh, let me know and I can and maybe talk about that in more detail in a future episode. But for now, let's talk about some tips for choosing a planner. You've decided you want a planner and specifically that you want to use some sort of paper planning system. Like I said, we're not going to talk about the digital planning tools this time. So just talking about choosing a paper planning system. A lot of times where we start is we go into, you know, Office Depot or Target or online to Amazon, and we start looking at all the different planners that are available. That is, can be crazy making because there are so many different options. I think the better way to start to avoid being overwhelmed by the options and, you know, just picking something randomly and, and having it not work for you. I think the better choice is to start by thinking uh, intentionally about this. Decide first, what do you need it to do for you? If you're looking to choose a paper planning system, what do you need it to do for you? Is it for your home and personal life or for business or all the above? Uh, how full and how complex is your life? As I said before, if it's fairly simple, a notepad or a blank notebook where you can plan projects and create to-do lists, plus a calendar, either paper or digital for appointments might be sufficient for you. And the only, there's no reason to go beyond that unless it's something you need, or, you know, if you want to, maybe you just like having a fancy planner to noodle around in and nothing wrong with that. But we're, we're talking about choosing a planner to be more productive. So thinking about what you need it to do, what do you want to be able to plan? Do you need to plan household projects and tasks, daily tasks, bigger projects, personal to-do lists, business or work projects? Do you need something where you can plan events? Maybe you've got a wedding in your future or, you know, either for yourself or uh, your daughter or something or your son. Maybe you've got a big vacation that you're planning for your family and you need some place to collect all those plans. So those are the kind of events that I'm talking about. 
think about that. Think, and maybe spend some time with, you know, with a blank notebook, writing your thoughts on this. What do you want a planner for? How much stuff do you need to keep track of? What do you want to uh, plan in it? And then think about how do you like to view things? Do you want to see a month at a glance, a week at a glance? Do you need a full page per day, which is very useful if you have lots of appointments and to-dos each day? Do you want um, month, day, week pages, to-do lists, and maybe a calendar? Or do you want some extras in it? Because there are planners. I was watching a YouTube video this morning about uh, a planner system. It's called the Moxie Planner, I think, M-A-K-S-E. And it has, in addition to uh, you know, a month, monthly sections, a monthly calendar, and then weekly calendars. It has a bunch of extras, like a whole section on goal planning and with questions and worksheets and things to do. Are you looking for something like that to help you with your kind of big picture goal setting? Do you want something that's got motivational quotes throughout it? Do you want habit trackers, a section for planning your budget or lots of blank pages for brainstorming. All of these and more are available in various types of planners. But thinking about what you think you want uh, will help you when you go out to look at what's available. And think about the look and or the aesthetic of it. Do you want a plain business-like kind of utilitarian planner? Or are you looking for something that's colorful and pretty? Again, there are options across that spectrum. If you like uh, the kinds of things where you decorate your pages with stickers and stuff, those are certainly available. If you want something kind of more plain and utilitarian to carry into business meetings, those are available as well. So thinking about all of that will... um, help you kind of narrow your focus into the type of planner that might be useful for you. After you've done that, before you look at anything that's out there, think about what you need a planner to do for you and these questions that we just talked about. Then spend a little time researching options. It can be overwhelming and intimidating to figure out which planner to try. I just, as I was preparing for this episode, I did a search in Amazon for Planner 2021. It showed over 4,000 results. Completely overwhelming if you don't know where to start. And that's why thinking first about what you want to do with it will help because you can quickly eliminate anything that won't fit those needs. If you want a plain utilitarian looking planner, then you can ignore all the ones with colorful covers and colorful pages and floral or different designs. On the other hand, if you're looking for something colorful and you know that's something you want and you know you want to see just a month at a glance and some to-do list pages, then you can eliminate from your consideration anything that doesn't fit within those parameters. There are tons of different formats. And again, as you're thinking about the options, you can think about what you think you might prefer. You can get book bound 
planners that are, you know, that just look like a book. They're, they're bound like that, uh, both hardbound and softbound. You can get disc bound systems, which are nice because they allow you to remove and add and move pages around. There are lots of spiral bound planners. There are loose leaf planners or like three ring or six ring binder type planners that again, also allow you to move pages around to add sections, remove sections that you're not using, things like that. You can get loose leaf planners that you can download from Etsy or different producers on the internet. One thing that's important to consider as you're thinking about what you might like. Some planners come pre-dated, so they are set up already dated for a specific year, while other planners just have, you know, sets of undated pages, so you can date them as you go. What's nice about the pre-dated ones is it's already set up. You don't have to spend any time on that, and you can just start adding your appointments, your tasks, your plans, whatever in there. On the other hand, the undated ones are nice if you maybe aren't going to use it every day because you just date the pages as you use them and you don't feel like you're wasting pages that you didn't do any planning on. Uh, you also can think about the sizes because there are full size planners, you know, eight and a half by 11 type. There are medium, like seven by nine inch uh, planners, and there are very small ones. And think about that. If you are looking for a planner that you can simply keep on your desk to have nearby because you, you kind of always work in the same place, then maybe a full sized one is nice because there's lots of room for writing things in. But if you need it to be portable to fit into your work bag or your purse, uh, then maybe a smaller design will work better for you. And finally, think about the options in terms of whether it's pre-formatted versus a flexible design. And by that, I mean some of the planners come with, uh, if, you, if you're looking for a week at a glance, the pages are all formatted with sections labeled for certain purposes, for appointments, for to-do lists, for your meal plan, for uh, habits you're tracking, for to-dos, what, whatever. And those can be nice if they suit what you need your planner to do for you. On the other hand, some of the planners come with a more flexible design. They have various sections that are not labeled for specific purpose, so you can use them however you want to. And so those are just some of the options available. And this is why I'm saying it's, it can be overwhelming. And I'm sure if you've been thinking about trying a new, a planner, uh, you've, you've felt that overwhelm and that intimidation. And, and again, I go back to why it's so important to spend a little time before you go out looking to think about exactly what you want your planner to do for you, how you want to use it, where you're going to use it, what you want it to look like. Think about those things because it helps narrow the scope of what you're going to be looking at and you can ignore everything that doesn't fit within the purposes you've already identified as, as being what you're looking for. And now that you've, you know, looked at the, the various options in terms of size and materials and layouts and all that sort of thing, then you can go and start looking at them. And if you can't get to a store to look at them in person, and kind of see how they look. One way to get an idea of the 
different types of planners and the different manufacturers and stuff, you can check out YouTube and search for planner reviews and walkthroughs. And you'll find tons of videos that will go through the features and design of different planners, whether it's the passion planner or that moxie planner that I mentioned earlier, the Aaron Condren or the happy planner. Uh, if I start listing, <laughs> we'll go on forever, but any kind of planner that's out there, there are YouTube videos reviewing them. And what's nice about YouTube is these reviews go through many times page by page, and you can actually see kind of close up what they look like, uh, how the particular reviewer might use the, that type of planner. And you can get a sense of what they look like and what at least these reviewers like and don't like about them. I will link to a few of those videos in the show notes for this episode. I've watched several of them and there are channels that are literally devoted to planning, to choosing and using planners. And they all do these reviews and walkthroughs and show how they've used a planner. And you certainly don't have to follow anybody else's approach to using it. But if you can't get your hands on particular planners in person to look at them, this is a great way to get an idea of how a particular planner looks and works and how it's laid out and a sense of whether you think it might work for you before you go spend the money to buy one. So uh, again, I'll have links to a few of those videos in the show notes if you want to check those out. One other thing to think about uh, as your, or a tip in choosing a planner is to keep in mind, there is no such thing as the perfect planner. No planner is going to magically organize your life and make you productive. You have to do the work, no matter how well you plan, you have to actually execute that plan in order to get the benefit of any planning system. The perfect planner for you is the one you'll actually use. And that's why it's important to think about what you want it to do, what you want it to look like. You know, if you have an artistic aesthetic and you want something to be beautiful, then if choosing the cheapest planner that's, you know, the simplest planner, just because it's cheap is not going to serve you. You won't use it because you, you are the type of person that needs to see something beautiful in, in the planner that you're using. And you want to choose a planner that you will want to use because that's the planner that will be most effective for you. One other thought to keep in mind is that you might need different planners for different areas of your life. Lots of people, and I've learned this from watching some of these YouTube videos and talking to some people in sort of a planning world, uh, lots of people use more than one planner. So maybe one for their daily and weekly overall planning, a separate one for budget planning, one for personal or health goals, and a different one for business. And personally, although I'm generally a fan of consolidation, of keeping everything in one place, like all your to-dos in one place, your calendar all in one place, there are actually good reasons to consider using more than one planner rather than expecting a single planner to serve every need you have if you have these different areas of your life. For me, for example, although my ideal is to have one planning system. The fact is 
my needs for my law practice are very different from my planning needs for the rest of my life. And so I have always kept my law practice plans and calendar separate. Uh, I can see my calendar, my law calendar, you know, together with my other calendars in an app that I use. But as far as planning, I keep them separate. So there are reasons why you might need to do that. Uh, the next thing to remember is to, after you've gone through this process, you've thought carefully about what it is you want to use a planner for. You've looked at the various options. You've uh, recognized that there's no such thing as a perfect planner. Then the next step is simply to choose one and stick with it for a predetermined period perhaps at least a couple of months, maybe you commit to stick with it for a quarter, for 90 days. And you're going to commit to using it consistently during that period before you make any changes uh, or consider abandoning that tool for a different one. There are reasons why we need to do this. And I'm talking to myself here as well, because it's always fun to try something new. And if, if we're struggling to get things done, there's this temptation to think, well, if I just had a better tool, I would do better. And the fact is that's not likely the case, but one of the reasons why you want to stick with it and use it consistently for some predetermined period is it takes time to settle in and become kind of fluent with any tool you're using. So you can't really tell for sure if it's not working for you until you've spent some time with it and been very consistent about using it during that period of time. So as you get into, you know, you've chosen a planner, whatever, whichever one it is, you're using it, you've said, I'm going to use it for the next quarter, for the next 90 days. Uh, if you feel it's not working for you, let's think about why. If it's because it has no place for information you realize you need to manage your days, your weeks, your time, your commitments, your projects, then it might be the tool. But um, just as a side note, remember the planner is not the boss of you. If you have a pre-formatted planner, you don't have to use the pages or the sections for the purpose or in the way the designer set them up for. You can cross out or ignore the headings and labels or put stickers over them or something and use the pages and the sections for what serves your needs. So if you need a project planner and this tool that you chose doesn't have that, then commandeer one of the sections as a project planner and just cross out the, the labels they've put on it. And maybe it's an address book section. I don't know. And you don't need that in there. So cross out the header or put a sticker over it and write the project plan on it and use the pages for what serves you. So again, if, as you are trying out this planner, you're feeling like it's not working because it doesn't have space for what you need to do as you've gotten into it, then maybe it's the tool. And maybe after the quarters up, you'll consider trying something else. But if you feel like it's not working because you don't use it consistently, then it's probably your habits that are the problem and changing planners won't fix that. And I'm saying that to myself, I'm saying you, but I mean all of us. Before we go looking for a new or different planner, 
Maybe we should try again, but this time be consistent, develop that habit, set up systems. And we're going to talk in a minute about how we can use our planner effectively uh, and give it another shot, but being consistent about using it every day, every week, whatever. All that being said, don't keep using a tool that simply does not work for you, even when you're consistent, just because you spent money to buy it or time setting it up. If you've given it a good faith, fair shot, and it doesn't do what you need it to do, whether it's because of the format or the size or, you know, the, the type of binding or whatever, then cut your losses, recognize, no, this is not the tool for me. I tried it. I get, I, I was consistent about it, but it just doesn't work for me, then let it go and move on to something else. So those are a few thoughts in, in terms of choosing a planner. What about how to use your planner well? And the first thing I would say is to create a planning routine and commit to following it until it becomes habitual. That is plan when you're going to plan. What that looks like is you schedule time the same day or time each week to plan your week. Put that appointment with yourself on your calendar and set an alarm if you need to. It shouldn't take more than an hour to spend your week. You don't want to spend an inordinate amount of time managing the system because the goal of using a planner is to help you organize your thoughts, organize your, you know, your commitments and your to-dos and all of that. So you can actually do the stuff, execute the plan. It's not about spending lots of time, uh, you know, reorganizing the planner. Uh, but you do need to have some consistent time where you plan your week. For a lot of people, that's sometimes Sunday afternoon, but maybe yours is, uh, you're working on a work planner and maybe you're going to spend a little time on Friday afternoon planning the coming week so you can go home for the weekend knowing you are ready to hit the ground running on Monday when you get back to work. Whatever it is, choose a time that makes sense for you early Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon, whatever works for you, but get that on your calendar and keep that appointment as if you were meeting with an important person about an important topic because you are. So what are you going to do during that time, that weekly planning time? You're going to look at the week. What appointments do you have for that week? What deadlines fall during that week? Fill those appointments and deadlines in on the calendar section if you have a weekly or monthly, or write them on the applicable day if you do a you know a page per day type of planner. So get those on there so that you're aware of them and think a little bit now about each of those appointments or those deadlines. What preparation do you need to do for each of them? What supplies do you need to buy? Write those down in the appropriate place so you can take care of them in time to be ready to work on that project when you, or, or be prepared for that appointment that you have. So maybe you have a section in there for errands that you're going to run or shopping list make sure that the supplies you need for each appointment or deadline are on that list and that you've scheduled time to go buy them. 
What errands do you need to run? Can you batch them or dovetail them with an appointment? Write those down in your planner on the appropriate day. Uh, if you're thinking about it, you realize, for instance, okay, I've got this deadline coming up on Thursday and an appointment on Friday that I need to be ready for. And I need these materials, but I also have to go into town on Tuesday for grocery shopping or for a, another appointment. So put on Tuesday, uh, a note that you're going to also pick up the supplies you need for your appointment or your, your deadline. You can use your planner to consolidate those errands. So you're not running out every day and you're being more effective and efficient. Take a few minutes during this weekly planning time to look at your goals and your projects and identify what the next steps are. When are you going to schedule time to work on those? Write it down in your planner for that week Try block scheduling, blocking in chunks of time for similar tasks. When will you run errands, as we just talked about? Block that into the calendar for that week. When are you going to do housework? When are you going to do your cooking? Can you batch cooking for the week and get a bunch of things prepped and ready to go so you save time on other days? When are you going to block in time for your creative work? When are you going to block in time for your self-care? Use your planner to block that in and write it down. So that's your weekly planning routine. Then make it part of your morning or evening routine to spend a few minutes going over the plan for the day, if you're doing it in the morning or for the next day, if you do this in the evening and tweak it if necessary. So you, you spend a little time, say Sunday afternoon, you planned your week. So each evening that is, this is when I do it, but maybe you'll do it in the morning, but Say in the evening, you're going to spend five minutes looking at the plan for the next day and thinking, do I need to change anything here? I had planned to run errands this day, but that appointment got canceled and got moved to the next day. Should I move my errands to that day and work on my, you know, and replace the errands for tomorrow uh, with a chunk of time to work on this creative project I have in mind. That, that's just an example. Or something changed, somebody's sick, I can't do this, so I'm going to move things around. So just, you can spend five minutes in the evening looking ahead, thinking about the plan that you had come up with, making sure you have in your head what you're going to do with the day tomorrow and tweak it if you need to. Be realistic in your plans. Leave room in your plan for the unexpected to happen because it always does. <laughs> and don't plan more for a day than you realistically can accomplish. You, certainly we can push ourselves and be disciplined and um, be proactive, but let's be realistic. If we've got three appointments, you know, three phone calls scheduled, conference calls for work, we're likely not going to have also a lot of time to, you know, reorganize the pantry or something like that. Be realistic about what you can do in a day. And the other thing you can do in that five minutes that you're tweaking is make sure you write down for the next day's plan, your top two to three tasks for the day and make a plan to do those first. If you have a lot of appointments or conference calls or things like that on a particular day, maybe you have time for only one top task, but write that down 
and make a, a determination in your mind, have a plan for starting with that in the morning so that you've knocked out that big rock, so to speak, that, that number one, most important task first thing in the day that creates that momentum that keeps you going through the rest of the day. So first tip for using your planner effectively is to create that planning routine, plan when you're going to plan and commit to following it until it becomes habitual. The second tip is to keep your planner with you and visible all the time, especially when you're first getting used to using it. You need to have it where you'll see it and consult it regularly until you've established the habit of using it. So think about where you're going to put it, put it where you're going to be most of the time. If you work at an office or you work from home, maybe that's the corner of your desk. If that's where you spend the most of your time, if you are managing a home and you're spending your days at home, maybe you're going to have it on a corner of your kitchen counter where you'll see it. You'll have it open to the page for the day or the week, however, whatever format you're using so that you can look at it quickly and, and get stay on track or get back on track. When things get derailed, you can go back to it, look at it, see what's supposed to happen next and get right back on it. My third tip for using a planner effectively is to set boundaries around your planning time. Now you can spend hours decorating your planner pages if you want to, but let's be honest and recognize that as a creative outlet not planning. Nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. For those of us who, you know, like pretty things and and can find it therapeutic to uh, do pretty lettering or put stickers or that sort of thing, that's fine. But that's not planning. That is creative outlet. And the other thing is don't confuse planning with accomplishing. It is easy to spend hours planning your days and your weeks and your projects in detail and in technicolor and never get around to actually doing the work. We have to implement the plan in order to actually achieve our goals and to be productive. There's nothing wrong with planning. Obviously, if I'm talking about choosing and using a planner, I'm a fan of planning. I think it's important. It's how we can be effective and efficient. But planning is one thing, doing is another. And we need to do both in order to achieve our goals, uh, accomplish the things that are important to us, and make a life that matters. I read this um in a book that I happen to be reading about, uh, reading right now. And it was talking about, uh, planning, but not doing. And, and this writer, uh, her name is Cynthia Morris, and it's called the busy woman's guide to writing a world changing book. So it's about writing, but I, I thought it applies to anything that we spend a lot of time planning and never take action on. Here's what she said. She said, the pain of hoarding ideas and never executing them is soul crushing. It's better to give things a try and see what happens than to always wonder if you could have written that book or, you know, created that art or whatever. I think it applies to any goal or project that you find yourself procrastinating, not taking action on and procrastinating by planning instead. So set boundaries around your planning time. And if you're going to do the decorating and all the other stuff, that count that as creative time. And again, no problem with that. So those are just some thoughts, create that planning routine, 
Keep your planner with you and visible at all times and set boundaries around planning time and commit to actually taking action on the plans you've created. I told you I would mention and share with you what I'm using right now, why I'm using it. I have used a digital task manager. OmniFocus is the one I've used for years. And it has always been important for me to use a digital task manager because I worked in an office away from my home. I was out and about a lot. I traveled for work or I went to meetings and I needed to be able to access my plans for home and work wherever I was. So it was always in that digital planner for that reason. Well, that's not the case now. That's not the life I live now. I am working from home. I have been since before COVID started and I'm almost always here. I don't go out much other than, a, you know, occasionally a, a trip out to, to pick up my grocery order at Walmart or for a hair appointment or something like that. So I decided recently, just, just in the last few weeks, last couple months, I decided to switch to a paper planner for a while. I still have my full project and task list in OmniFocus, and I do still use my digital calendar, uh, but I have switched to a paper planner right now. And the one I'm using is Michael Hyatt's full focus planner. Using this, now in interest of full disclosure, wasn't a lot of analysis. I'm using it simply because when I decided to switch to a paper planner, I already had this one on my shelf. I bought it I think more than a year ago, looked at it and had it on the shelf. This is the planner uh, that Michael Hyatt and his team developed based on the productivity approach from his book, Free to Focus, which we talked about in episode 250 as part of our recurring productive reading series. I am using this planner, the full focus planner, only for my personal and family and productive woman projects, tasks, and goals, and so on. I still manage my legal practice projects and tasks separately. So the paper planner I'm using right now is the full focus planner created by Michael Hyatt and his team. What do I like about it? Uh, first of all, and, and this is in no particular order, it's just what I thought of as I was writing this down. It uses really quality paper that I like writing on. I'm using a, a, a Papermate Inkjoy gel pen in it, and I really like writing on that paper. I like that it has a section of daily pages, and each daily page has a section for my top three tasks, plus a place for other tasks. And then it has a column for the day's schedule marked off by hours and half hours. So I can write in appointments or block off time for specific types of work. So that's on the left-hand side of the daily page. So each day has a two-page spread. And on the left side, it has the top three tasks, other tasks, and then the column for the day's schedule. And on the right-hand side, there's a full page for notes that I can use for whatever I want. I can jot down anything significant that happens that day or a note about something I want to do later in the week or month, or uh, it's a, a convenient place to take notes from a phone call, whatever. So I like that layout for the day. I like that it has sections each week with prompts for a weekly review, which is nice to do to make sure you're staying on track. They have questions that you can answer and, and a place to kind of identify your, your goals for the coming week or the things, most important things you want to accomplish in the coming week. 
I like that it has sections for goal setting. So that's something I enjoy. I probably wouldn't like a planner that didn't have a place for doing those things. Uh, I like that it has two ribbons built into it for bookmarks um, so that I can mark the, the days page and maybe the weekly goals section or something like that. And it has an elastic band built into it to keep it closed. It has a pocket on the inside back cover where I could keep notes, receipts or whatever. I like that it's a moderate size. It's about nine by six inches. So it would fit in my bag to take with me and it doesn't take up a lot of room on my desk. And I like the fact in this case that its daily pages are undated so I can date them as I go. The fact that it wasn't predated for a specific year means that when I pulled it off my shelf after a couple of years, I could still use it. You know, if it had been a, uh, predated preformatted for a specific year, it wouldn't have been as useful to me. So those are things I like about the full focus planner. Just a few of the things. What I don't love about it, it is a hardbound, like book bound book. And it's sturdy and it looks nice, but it doesn't want to stay open to the page I want it open to. So something like a, a ring bound or a spiral bound or something like that, or disc bound, you can open it up and it'll lay flat to the page that you've opened it to. This doesn't want to do that. What I ended up doing was using a big binder clip to hold the prior pages together so it would stay open on my desk. But the problem with that is I can't flip back easily to a prior section. So I'm not loving that about it. Uh, for some people, it would be perfect. It's, it's not perfect for me. Uh, I don't like that it doesn't have sections on the daily or weekly pages for certain things that I might like to have in there, like meal plans for a week or habit trackers. It might be fun to do that. I don't like that it doesn't have a place for a weekly task list. It does have a place in sort of the weekly review and plan section where you can identify like your top tasks, your most important things for the coming week, but it doesn't have a place to kind of keep a running list of all the things that you might want to get done that week. Sometimes I think of tasks that I want or need to do that week that don't necessarily need to be done on a specific day. And I'd like to have a page where I could just list them as they come to me and then uh, either add them to a day when I'm ready to do them or just cross them off the weekly list as they get done. And I don't love that I can't add or move or remove pages. So it's not as customizable as some of them. So, you know, I, I think probably after I use this track or this planner, I'll probably switch to, uh, assuming I keep going with a paper planner, I probably, I, I've been looking at some of the disc bound ones. They have their downsides as well, but I think I would like to be able to move sections around, add pages, take out pages I'm not using, that sort of thing. So those are my thoughts on the planner that I'm using right now. What do you think? Do you use a planner that you love? What are the most important features you look for in a planner? Share that information with us. You can do that in a couple of different ways. You can share your questions or thoughts about this in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 336. 
Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you are a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place to talk about this. This comes up periodically in the group as someone asks about planners or talks about the planner that they're using. So this is always a great place to get ideas, to share your thoughts. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions comments or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Uh, before we go, just a quick reminder, if you're not already using Text Expander to be more effective and efficient in your written communications, you can visit textexpander.com slash podcast today to see how it can boost your productivity and to take advantage of their offer to the Productive Woman listeners of 20% off your first year. This is an indispensable productivity tool for me, and I highly recommend it. Whether they were sponsoring this podcast or not, I would recommend this tool to you. And thank you so much to Text Expander for supporting the Productive Woman and for helping me be more productive every single day. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was a worthwhile use of your time and that you found something in it that was helpful to you. I look forward to hearing from you and to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. <laughs>